Welcome to this episode of Mentors at Your Benchside, the podcast giving you advice, tips and tools for getting the most out of your research. I'm Thomas Warwick and today I'll be talking to you about the types of different images for scientific publication. Digital images are a fundamental medium through which we communicate science and if it's not been drilled into you yet, always make your own. But it's a confusing and daunting skill to learn because there are countless file types, dozens of software packages with steep learning curves and infinite ways to manipulate digital objects to achieve your final result. Let's cover the common file types you'll encounter, their properties, and some key concepts you need to understand to start making exquisite figures of your own. Digital images are classified based on how the information in them is stored. The two main types of graphics are raster images and vector images. Images in raster format are compiled using a specific number of pixels, tiny individually colored dots that come together to form the complete picture. So a raster image is essentially a two-dimensional matrix of pixels. Conversely, vector images consist of objects expressed using mathematical formulae known as paths. The paths link one point to another to build complete shapes. Graphical information in a vector image is not stored in pixels. Check out figure one in the corresponding article to see the difference between raster and vector images. Since the details of vector images are encoded in mathematical paths, they retain the same features regardless of image size. They can be scaled limitlessly without becoming pixelated. However, as information is represented in a fixed number of pixels in raster images, there is a limit to which raster images can be enlarged before there is a visible loss of image quality. But there's a but. We normally render or convert a vector image into a raster image before we use it in a manuscript or on the web, etc. That's to say, we convert them into a format that cannot be enlarged without loss of image quality. This is not as confusing as it first seems, it's simply something we have to do because all the common file types like JPEGs and GIFs and so on are raster file types. The main corollary to this is if we prepare a vector image, we must render it or convert it into a raster file type at a size that closely matches our final intended size. Render it too large and we'll have unnecessarily large file size. Render it too small and the final image will be pixelated and ugly. Check out the corresponding article for a table that summarizes the key differences between the two file types. Now let's go through some common file types, their properties, and what you need to know about them. JPEGs. The JPEG file type is named after the Joint Photographic Experts group which created it. They are the most common type of compressed image that you will encounter. And compressed just means that the file has had some of the less important graphical information removed to reduce its file size. JPEGs can store a lot of information in a small file size, but as mentioned, the way they compress graphical data is lossy. This means some of the visual information is lost and the fidelity of the final image is reduced. JPEGs are popular for applications where space maximization is important. For example, digital cameras store images in JPEG format to maximize the number of photos the camera can store on its memory. Similarly, websites such as blogs and magazines often use JPEGs to reduce page load times. JPEGs are usually not recommended for figures in publications such as manuscripts and posters. This is because the information lost during compression may cause the image to be pixelated and blurry when resized. Note also that repeated saving of JPEG files may also degrade the image quality. TIFF. The tagged image file format, or TIFF, is a common uncompressed image file type. As the files are not compressed, TIFF files retain all visual data. However, they could take up a lot of storage space. TIFF files are also extremely versatile when it comes to colour. They can be grayscale, cyan, magenta, yellow key, or CMYK, 
or red, green, blue color models. We'll talk about this later. This makes them easily editable to suit the requirements of the publication. TIFF files are also compatible with Windows and Mac operating systems. TIFF images flexibility and high quality make them the gold standard for journal publications. PNG. Portable network graphics or PNG files are raster image files. Unlike JPEG files, PNGs undergo lossless compression, that is compression which does not degrade visual fidelity. As a result, PNGs are usually larger files than JPEGs. Like TIFF images, there's no degradation in image quality when the PNG files are saved and resaved. And the PNG format supports grayscale and RGB color models, but not CMYK. The PNG format allows pixels to take no color value. That's to say, you can have transparent space in the image file. This makes them especially suitable for line drawings and illustrations, such as graphs and icons. And note that some journals accept figures submitted in PNG format. EPS. EPS stands for Encapsulated Postscript, and it's a graphics file in vector format. EPS format is a versatile file type supported by several different drawing and vector editing programs, such as Adobe Illustrator and Corel Draw. Another advantage of EPS is its compatibility with many different operating systems. As such, EPS is recommended for master image files as they're editable on different platforms without having to fret about compatibility issues. Being a vector file, it can also be scaled infinitely without losing image resolution. Although EPS files are still used today, they're increasingly being replaced by newer file formats, such as Adobe Illustrator and portable document formats. In addition to TIFF files, journals may accept image files submitted in EPS format. And even though EPS files can be edited, the editing process can be difficult because of the age of some editors and may require some knowledge of the PostScript coding language. SVG. SVG stands for Scalable Vector Graphics. Because SVG illustrations are vector graphics, they can, like EPS files, be scaled up to any size. Developed in 1999, this file type is comparatively new and supported by most graphics software packages. They are a popular file type, supports animation, and are relatively easy to edit. This makes them useful for master copies of illustrations that require editing. However, uncompressed files may be large. AI. AI stands for Adobe Illustrator Artwork File. It shares many of the benefits of vector graphics, scalability, versatility, and ease of editing exhibited by SVG files. However, the fact that it's proprietary may be a blessing or a curse, depending on how you work and your final intended application for the image. You can convert images between file types. Now, just to be clear, the process isn't magic. You cannot gain any resolution through conversion, nor can you make a raster photo infinitely scalable by converting it to a vector online. Although no Inkscape, a graphics tool, has a trace bitmap feature that usually does a decent job of tracing a scalable vector outline from photos. But image conversion is useful if you want to say, remove the background from a digital image to make it transparent or merge it with several others. The corresponding article contains links to loads of handy tools to remove the background from photos, bulk resize them and convert them between file types and much more. Now, before you download some software and crack on making beautiful images, let's take a moment to understand some basic concepts so you can improve and optimize your illustrations. Resolution. Simply put, resolution is the amount of detail represented in an image. For a raster image, resolution is defined by its dimensions, width by height, since this in turn defines the total number of pixels it contains. So, image resolution is usually expressed in pixel width by pixel height, the same as screen resolution. 
Sometimes resolution is expressed as the physical dimensions of the image, for example 6 by 12 centimeters. When creating an image, you can choose if you want to work in units of pixels or length. And note that the resolution that an image is initially rendered at is called its native resolution. Enlarging a raster image beyond its native resolution will make it look pixelated. Scaling a raster image below its native resolution should be fine, but it can lead to some image artifacts depending on the magnitude of the scaling and the software or algorithm used to do it. So keep your eyes peeled. Dots per inch, or DPI. Dots are akin to pixels, but they're not the same. Don't worry about the differences for now. Just appreciate that dots and pixels are related by the size and resolution of your monitor. The more dots in an image per unit area, the higher its resolution. Imagine an image made of 300 dots compared to the same one made of 72 dots. More details will be present in the image comprising 300 dots compared to the one with 72. As a result, an image with a high resolution will appear sharper and with greater clarity than the one with low resolution. And an image with a higher DPI can also be enlarged to a greater extent than one with a lower DPI before a discernible loss of image quality occurs. If there are fewer dots in an image, extensive increases in image size will cause each pixel to become large and noticeable. So, at what DPI should you render your digital images? Well, that will depend on the complexity and size of the image, as well as the distance from which it's going to be viewed. A DPI as low as 30 is sufficient for printed images viewed from a distance, such as billboards, or images viewed from a closer distance should be rendered with a higher DPI. As a rule of thumb, for web applications, the DPI should be about 70. Images destined to be printed in a journal should be about 300 to 600 dpi. Journal guidelines will differ, so be sure to check them. Note also that the optimal dpi value depends on what's in your image. A picture of a uniformly blue sky will look great, irrespective of low dpi settings. However, a colourful and detailed fluorescence micrograph will lose its detail if rendered with a low dpi. High dpis will also increase the file size, so increase how you might want to transfer your digital images if they become particularly large. And the main point is, don't fret about any of this. Your graphics software knows the size and resolution of your display and will convert DPI to pixels to centimeters automatically. Color model. Colors are weird. How they're generated, mixed and perceived depends on where they're displayed and the way they are generated. And how colors are generated is called a color model. There are three color models you need to be aware of. RGB, CMYK and HSV. There are all different mathematical ways of modeling colors. Here's an example of the differences. In the RGB model, red and yellow combine to make green, and combining all the primary colors, red, green, and blue, makes white. Now try mixing red, green, and blue paints, and you won't get white. Don't worry about the differences just for now. Simply note that the RGB model is used for screen displays, the CMYK model is used for color printing, and the HSV model is the most accurate with respect to humans perceiving colors. File size. Images are a way of representing data, and this data will take up memory on a storage device. How much memory depends on several factors, such as the file type, image compression, and image resolution. Keep the intended destination and application of your illustrations in mind when creating them. The file size also impacts how you transfer images. For example, some email providers limit the size of attachments to 30 megabytes. And spare a thought for people who work at microscopy and synchrotron facilities. Raw micrograph and diffraction images can take terabytes of space and have to be transferred via file transfer protocol. Also, be aware of journal image requirements. Look up the graphical image requirements of your intended journal before you start illustrating. They will probably specify file type, file size, color model, and resolution. It pays to know these things from the outset 
and that's why we've covered these things in detail. So that's it for digital images, their similarities and differences. Check out the episode description for links to related articles and resources, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to get more help and advice from mentors at your benchside. Happy drawing. Are you always on the go, but still seeking valuable insights to advance your research? Well, look no further than Listen In, the podcast from Bite Size Bio that offers the benefits of webinars in a portable format. With webinars featuring leading researchers and commercial specialists discussing techniques like CRISPR-Cas9 and microscopy. With Listen In, you can tap into their expertise and drive your research project forward efficiently and productively, no matter where you are. Visit bitesizebio.com forward slash podcasts or search for Listen In in your podcast app to subscribe.